Hello and welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host Emma and in this week's episode I am in Nottingham. I met up with Luke Richardson who is an author, a DJ and also a podcaster. And the reason for my being in Nottingham is that if you listen to the previous episode with Neil Matheson you'll know that I've just been on a trip to Scotland and to the Isle of Skye. But here we are in Nottingham with Luke walking alongside the Grantham Canal. And during our walk and talk, Luke tells me why his readers are so important to him and talks to me about the way he writes his books, the structure and where he gets his inspiration from. If you know from his podcast, the Travel Now podcast, he has travelled widely and this has definitely inspired many of his books. This episode is very timely because he has just launched his latest book in a series of three books entitled The Ark Files. So do check out the show notes for further information about that. So these are Luke's thoughts on Nottingham, the world and life. Hello, this is the Travelling Through Podcast and today I am in Nottingham. And that is the front door that I've just closed of Luke Richardson. Hello, Luke. Hello, hello. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, and, Welcome to Nottingham. Oh, thank you very of. much. This is my first <laughs> visit to Nottingham, in fact. Is it? Yeah, I've never wow, been here before. you must have passed us on the motorway many times. <laughs> I think I probably have done. With Before I knew you, though. So yes, There yes, was no course. reason, well, there was many, probably many reasons to stop, <laughs> but I just never did. I was always heading for, for Edinburgh. Right, yes, of course. But yeah. Luke, we, we met um, after the shop closed, mm. bookshop closed. Unfortunately, but only by a couple of months though. I think so, yes. But you you did know Stephen Marriott at that time. That's right, yeah. Um, and um, <coughs> But we have since got to know each other um, and you're living in Nottingham, 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 <laughs> Nottingham. with uh, Martha, who's yes. from Zimbabwe. That's right, my wife Martha, yeah, who uh, cooked us dinner yesterday. She did, she cooked us <laughs> an absolute storm and food that I'd never had before, <laughs> and we ate it all with our fingers. So uh, Yeah, we had sadza and chicken wings and, and the tomato, spicy tomato sauce with fried uh, cabbage and also it was lovely, wasn't it? And carrots and stuff, yeah, it was gorgeous. With a a beautiful bottle of wine that Steve chose for us, didn't he, from from Spain. So it was a real clash of cultures at dinner last night. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. But you're not originally from Nottingham, are you? No, I grew up near Brighton, between Brighton and Hastings on the south coast of England. Mm -hmm. I've been here since 2004 though, so it's been longer here now than than I was ever down south. Down south. So you're very comfortable now being a, a, a an East Midland yeah, man. Yeah, a Midlander. A Midlander. A Midlander. Yeah, we've got we're, we're lucky here, I think, in this part of the country because we've we're, we've got some good cities, some great cities. Nottingham being one of them. You know, Leicester, Birmingham, Derby, all these places. <clears throat> Lots to do in those places, but also wonderful countryside. The Peak District is right on our on our doorstep. Yeah, we're not far away from from Yorkshire and all the beautiful places in. Uh, there as well so there's a lot to do and also London is an hour hour and 40 minutes on the train from Brilliant. here so it's it's very very you're you're convenient, a real pivotal you know. point in the UK in the UK to go <coughs> in many directions that's right that's right I've, I've yeah I've found a lot of good things here you know even in London it can take you an hour and a half to get from one side to the other it does <laughs> exactly exactly and um you came to Nottingham as a student that's right yeah uh, and having studied journalism, journalism, um, you didn't become a journalist. No, I didn't. I didn't. I thought about it, but at that time I was DJing in the nightclubs um, around Nottingham. So I okay. did that whilst I was a student. I got into that whilst I was a student. Yes. And then when I left university, I, I just that just sort of picked up even more, and I I was started DJing all over the country and. 
and then the, the appeal of working long hours in a newsroom sort of lost its shine a bit when yeah. I was <laughs> of making good money doing the doing that that thing that I enjoyed there so yeah yeah <laughs> and, um, but from that you did eventually hit the uh, nine to five I did I did then I became an English teacher in mm. which was a bit of a step change I bet <laughs> in um oh when was it 2013 okay. so what uh, nine years after coming to Nottingham I trained be an English teacher which was great fun I really enjoyed it I did that for seven years yes um, and then had had enough of that as well and <laughs> and then and then left that in 2020 to, to, to sort of write full-time I still do a bit of DJing I still do some other bits and bobs but I yeah generally under my own steam yes. you know I enjoy the sort of hustle and bustle of working under your own power you know <laughs> and it's what's nice is that you're you've got fingers in very different kinds of pies as it were and mm. interests which which probably feed off one another with your writing does it that's right yeah i think there are there are definitely sort of crossovers from from different different things and i think variety for me is important and that's doing one thing for 40 50 whatever however many hours a week for me would would just not inspire me yeah. Yeah, yeah i also think as a creative person there is a limit to how many hours you can be creative. I don't think that's a limit in a bad way, in like a negative sense that you could push through or break through, but it's a limit in terms of how much sort of creative energy a person has, you know? Yes, yeah, I agree and with that. And with the greatest will in the world, I couldn't create, I couldn't write for eight hours a day, nor would I want to. I wouldn't enjoy it anymore. So the idea that I can do writing in the morning, then switch it and do something completely different in the afternoon is, is wonderful. That's, that's a really... And, that's a really full life that I and enjoy. The, the, to tell the podcast, so you're, you're actually an author of how many books now? About, about ten, something like ten. So I've got um, six I've, in my own series yes. at the moment. And I've got three with Steve Moore, your, your previous guest on the podcast. Yes. Um, I know I was mentioned in his episode, yes. which was great. Uh, three with him, and I'm currently starting a new series. I've, I've written the first book of it, which will be out at the end of this month. So actually the start of October, 1st of October. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a more sort of archaeological thriller in the vein of Dan Brown, Indiana Jones, Lara Croft, right. you know. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's a great book. I've really enjoyed writing it and look forward to having that out in the world and trying something a little bit different. So generally your th the theme or the genre that you have stuck to is very much crime, is that correct? Or with, with a very much a link to place in the world yeah I wouldn't say they're crime because crime novels infer that they are to be solved a crime novel would have a sort of mystery attached to it you know they're, they're finding the killer or whatever yes mine are more sort of thrillers in the sense that they are to stop something or they are finding something okay you know so they, they go more down that sort of classic thriller trope right um but they are all based in specific in exciting places around the world, yes. My yeah. first one, uh, my first book, is based and entitled Kathmandu, which is the is the capital of Nepal, high up in the Himalayas. It's a fascinating place that I'd love to revisit at some stage. Yes. But it inspired me, and I, I set it there because when having visited there, it feels so otherworldly. It feels so remote. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost as if the the ravages of the Western world have arrived, but not quite bedded in yet. Okay, you know? <laughs> that's it's a place I haven't been to yet, as yet, but I'd yeah, love to visit. It's definitely. very, very different. It's very strange, but it's beautiful and it's chaotic and it's boisterous. 
and it's exactly the sort of place that if you if someone was to go missing there you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's so many places you could go would you go up to the himalayan villages that, that no that no european person has ever been to you know or would you have, have gone mountain climbing and fallen down some ravine in a glacier or whatever you know <laughs> there's yes. so many options okay that somewhere could have gone and that sort of got me thinking and that that i found quite quite inspiring so every book has is set in a place that you've visited in the world? yes yes however this new one does have some scenes in lebanon which i haven't visited okay but um i felt as though i visited turkey and i visited some other countries around that sort of region so i sort of felt as if using some research i was able to to pull that together you know okay. but but i haven't specifically visited there but because of the legend that it's based on yeah good. it needed to be set there okay um, okay but generally speaking i do try to have visited the places so that i can put in that that feeling that sort of um you know those sorts of details that really bring a story to life right both for my own interest as well there's something it's like revisiting writing a place, you know, because you're going back there in your own imagination. Yes. You know? Yeah, yes. <laughs> walking and then inventing down that street a story. Right. That's right. Walking down that street again and seeing those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And seeing those, I don't know, those, those, those crowds of people or whatever. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, this one. <laughs> this one. So just so the podcasters know, we're actually walking beside the... The Grantham Canal. Grantham Canal. Mm. And um, it's covered in green moss but do, do the barges come down no this yeah. canal isn't isn't um navigable they call it so it was closed at some point right. and uh, so it's more now just for wildlife and uh a that sort of thing walking route, it, route? A, a friend and i actually walked the whole route of it a couple of years ago 34 miles long okay all the way from grantham here grantham's not that far but because of the way the canal meanders through the vale of beaver it's a uh, Sort of takes a really circuitous route okay. but we yeah we did it it was great it was a great day out very tiring for the last 10 miles I have to yeah <laughs> so does it, it comes right into the center mm. of nottingham and and beyond or is it no a, it a stops link at the trent nottingham? it stops at the river trent right okay. by the the forest football stadium in fact oh, the, does the it? mouth of it is there okay. although you wouldn't see it it's very inconspicuous the way it arrives because it's um not used it's sort of overgrown and and what was it used for this canal it would have been used to bring goods and things from Nottingham out to Grantham. Right, and Nottingham being at that time an industrial city. That's right, yeah, city a big industrial maker of, it of lace? lace and um, all sorts of things have been made here. The Rally Bike Factory was here. Oh, was it? Um, up in, up in, what's the, the area called? Um, uh, the sort of Sherwood area. Yeah, mm -hmm. lots of, lots of, not, Boots is still based here out in, out in Lenton. Boots? Boots, the, the, the pharmacy. Okay. Yeah. Is that where it started from? That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the factories and, and the head office is still here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yes, we've seen lots of little birds and yeah, everything. Yeah, this, this fella. You can hear them. I hope on the recording yes, as well. Yes. Hopefully, come across. So your um, your most recent book is entitled The Ark Files. It's the, the one that's coming out in October. Okay. And this is based where? So this is the one that, that part of it takes place in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. um, the other part of it is in England, so okay. the, the character is English. Eden Black is my, my heroine of the story. Yes. And she is a bit of a sort of dropout archaeologist. She, she's not involved in the, in, in the, the world of archaeology per se, but she, she 
has an interest in recovering lost artifacts and she gets pulled into this case because of her father's disappearance or her father's death. Right. It appears to be a death. I won't say any more about that. But uh, yeah, she gets pulled into this case to okay. find out um, what happened to him. Okay. Yeah. Right, so your, the writing, where did that, where did the idea to start writing or the, 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 the passion begin? On this book specifically oh, or no, generally? Just generally. I always say, and I, I think this is, this, this is the moment I talk about as being the, the moment that I started writing, and it is, it is completely travel connected. It was that moment that I arrived in India for the first time, and we'd, we'd flown overnight from Dubai. Yes. And we arrived at Mumbai airport um, at first light. And as the plane was coming into land, I remember looking out of the, out of the, of the window and seeing all the, all the slum villages which are built up around the airport there. Yeah. And yes. the, the, the sort of corrugated iron and the tarpaulins stretched across the houses. And at that time I didn't sort of, I wasn't sort of aware of what they were because I'd never seen them before. And we got off at the, at the airport, tired, jet lagged, blah, 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 and the rest. <laughs> We shuffled out, got into this taxi, and the following 10 minutes was absolutely incredible. It felt like sort of a layer had been peeled away from the world, you know, <laughs> as I was seeing these people waking up f from, from the shanty towns and the, and the slums and walking out towards this eight-lane motorway that we were, we were passing our way down amid sort of chickens and goats and pigs and cows and children running everywhere, yeah. people washing from buckets and cooking their morning drinks and all sorts. And I just sort of thought, that's there's there's sort of a feeling there that I I wanted to share you yeah, know that yeah. sort of amazement of seeing something you've never seen before and that is what I want my books to be I want them to give that feeling of of, of amazement of excitement of intrigue of realization that actually there's more than just the place that you know yeah you know yeah. <laughs> so were you were you very um, um, almost spontaneously writing as you were seeing all this like, no all I mean I didn't write did that you... for I didn't write for several years after that moment after that day but you held all those thoughts think, and the descriptions from yeah your when I thought about it afterwards when I had written afterwards I wondered where the because when you sit, sit down to write as you as you know there's not often a, a structure or a strategy it's just it's sort of a, comp a compulsion to do it yeah well, certainly that's how I felt and having thought about it afterwards, the things I was writing were all about travel and discovery. We'll go to the left. Travel okay. and discovery and um, that sort of thing. So I, uh, I sort of tracked it back and that was the point at which, yeah, it was, we're just crossing the road now. Yeah. <laughs> that was the point at which I sort of felt that for the first time, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it, that's inspired me like a like a adrenaline junkie sort of seeks the next the next you know the, <laughs> the next, next adventure thing. the next thing that yes. sort of inspired me to, to to want to go on to the next thing and find right. another place that's just as challenging and just as interesting are we actually part okay what what road is this this is it looks like a motorway yeah the a52 Great. so we have to hoof it across here quickly right okay let's do it <laughs> This it's could be not my quite a motorway. Could be my last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but don't move well, this is why, one of the me. reasons why the canal's closed, because they built all these roads across it. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, of course. So this is like a, a secret canal. All they need to do is put an underpass here or something. Yeah, that would be they? good, wouldn't it? Yeah, there is a crossing, but it's about 200 metres up, so I'd invariably just leg it across the 
Right. Okay. Bearing in mind your legs are longer while. than mine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There'll be a gap. I can see one coming now. Yeah. A lull in the traffic. Yeah, for these ones. Right, ready? Okay, I'm ready. Ready, ready, ready. Sorry, Maury, come in, let's do it. Go. <laughs> We're across. Perfect. Will Good. they make it? Yes, yes they, they made it. have done. <laughs> okay, the podcast can continue. So these are the rose hips, I think. That, yeah, uh, then we'll see some more. Martha let's, was let's, talking about. Head down, there'll be a lot down here. Yeah, it's been amazing for rose hips and black breeze and all sorts this year, hasn't it? With, mm. the, with the hot weather. Yeah, they've come out earlier, I think. Yes. And with your going back to your, your writing, so what actually, um, how do you decide what your next book's going to be about the structure? And does it just suddenly come to you, or is it something that you, as you write, it just develops? You know, a beginning, you know, an end and the rest is uh, an adventure as you write it. They sort of do, they do sort of appear as I'm, as I'm working. Although I have a vague idea, generally of a few plot points, certainly the beginning, certainly part of the middle. And I often have an idea of what I think the end will be. And then I, right. I do a bit of research. I, I sort of flesh it out a little bit with some locations and who the uh, the antagonist might be and what they might want and all these sorts of things and then I get to a point where I'm fed up with that and I just need to get get on with it you yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah yes yes and it appears over the course of the of the writing process right and has there been have you had what happens when you have a sticking point because of course all writers do have yeah. a <clears throat> excuse me a point where sometimes it, it, everything's blocked and you think I've got no idea what's going to happen next quite it depends where it is in the story. Um, I will either go back to the beginning and start to, 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 to sort of read through it again sometimes. Yes. Sometimes I just need a break, so I put it away for a couple of weeks and do something else. Or other times I'll skip a section and I'll go and write the next scene. Okay. You know, so if I'm not completely clear how that scene is going to end or what that part of the story might be, I might think, oh, well, I know there's going to be a chase scene in, you know, <laughs> in yes. 40 pages time. So I'll write that. And then the rest of it will come to me as I'm as I'm working my way through That's really later interesting. on. I think for me, I couldn't do that. I could, I, I'm too methodical. I yeah. need to know what has just happened to. The, but is that a is that a process that or a skill that you've learnt, or is it just something that you has that you just do naturally? And I think have it's done? something that I've learnt since. I don't think I did that on my first book. No. Cross quickly. Morning. Hi there. I don't think it's something that, um, that I did on my first book, but it's something that I've realised, yeah, that it is, it's an efficient way to write because you can really easily get stuck in one little detail or something like that. And because my books switch perspective from, there's some scenes, most scenes are from the perspective of the, the main character who wants something, who's, who's looking for the thing they're, they're looking for. Yes. But some are from the perspective of the villain or perspective of someone else. So I can always work on one of those whilst okay. another scene is is going and what I tend to do is write all of the, or try to write all of the scenes from one perspective in one go yes so I'll go through and write like chapter one chapter three chapter five chapter seven whatever yeah um, and then when I get to a certain point I'll circle back and write all the perspectives from another scene okay. so that allows me that that break 
that we've discussed to switch from one to the next if right. I need to. The, the fact that each novel is based on a specific or maybe two specific areas in the world mm. um, and that you've travelled and that for, for another book to begin do you feel you have to go and have an adventure somewhere like I know you've just done quite a lot of travel yeah. this summer and has that as a result is that now sparking well, the I, next story? Well, I rewrote one of the scenes in the Ark Files to be based in Sarajevo, having spent some time there. Oh, okay. Because I'd written it in Marrakesh. Yes. Um, and I just was sitting there in this beautiful little cafe in the old quarter, in the, in the old market. Yes. Having a, having a Turkish coffee or Albanian coffee or Greek coffee Bosnian, or whatever you'd call it. Bosnian, Bosnian coffee. coffee. Whatever you'd call it, you know. <laughs> They're all the same, I think, in, in, yes. in, the, actual, in the actual fact. Um, <laughs> and I just thought this would be a great, this would be a great place for this scene. And so, so I, I pulled my laptop out and started writing it there and then. And actually, I'd written most of the book, but it just sort of slots in in the second or third chapter. This 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 new scene yes, put in, yes, yes. set in Sarajevo. So sometimes they can appear like that. Other times, the place is more central to the story. Right. In my book Riga, which I wrote, or I started writing whilst house sitting for a month in Riga, I learnt of. Um, some, some files that went missing when, because it was under Soviet occupation for a couple of decades. Yes. When the, when the Soviets were finally, you know, the, the, or the Soviet Union broke down and, and, and the Latvian government could come back to the rightful place in their own country, they noticed that all of their, all of their records about people had gone missing. Had so okay. all criminal records, any financial records, any dealings they'd have had all gone. Right. Uh, because the Soviets had either taken them with them or destroyed them. Right. And now, sort of 30 years on, there's rumours that some of the people who are very um, important in Latvian society would have interest in those records not coming to light. Okay. And I don't know who that might be. I just read this article that suggested it, you know. Yes. That maybe, maybe in my book I make it the, the fictional chief of police. You know, who wants to keep these records under wraps because okay. of what he did oh. as part of the KGB 30 years ago. Yes. Um, and, and just that idea, that, that sort of spun into a story and that, that sort of spun into the, the realism of, of why someone would want that. That was his motivation, you know, mm -hmm. because he, he would want those to stay under, under wraps for obvious reasons. And why would someone else want them to, to come out? Well, for the revenge of the death of the, 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 their father, it turns out, you know, so yeah, the, the stories appear yes. in the place when, yes. when I learn facts about them sometimes. Okay, so that's quite interesting. You, you, you meld fact with fiction yes. as a result. Yeah, a little bit of fact, a, a you know, fact. one part fact, to elaborate nine parts and, fiction, you know. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you think you have a very vivid imagination? Oh, massively, yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> and you have to really, if you're going to be writing mm, mm. Uh, as prolifically as you do. <laughs> And do you see this this genre in which you you write um, thriller as being the only genre you'll you'll write in? Because I I mean I know that you for the podcast this is too. Uh, Luke has a a podcast as well. A yes, travel podcast, the Travel Now podcast. Travel yeah. Now podcast. And I wonder whether the, sort of the travel world interests you in a different way that you would actually write. Um, I don't know, non-fiction stories or...? I might do. I wouldn't never say I, I would never write them. I, I haven't as of yet. Um, certainly non-fiction, I don't know that I would. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know yet. Yes. Perhaps, perhaps. Right. 
I've, I've always liked the idea of writing mysteries. That's another one I've always loved, you know. Yes. But so, so maybe one day I'll... I know there's a mystery element to my books already. Yes. Um, maybe one day I'll do that in the more sort of classic mystery sense. A bit like an Agatha Christie. <coughs> the male version me. or something. That's right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Poirot. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, something like that, quite a cosy... Cozy stories. I really enjoy those. I've, I've enjoyed listening to those for several years yes. and reading those for several years. I mean, and for you, is it is it as much about the interaction with the reader and ensuring that you're you're delivering something for your readers that's as important as writing the book for yourself? Which which comes first for you? I. No, it needs to be, it needs to be right for the readers, certainly, that's, and also I don't really engage with the book after it's written, I don't reread them often, I sometimes will open a page or if I'm doing the audiobook or something I will do. Yes. But it needs to be, the reader has to be satisfied by it, that's a really important part of, of the process actually, okay. you know, because they complete it, otherwise it's just me sitting in a room on my own making up stories you know the reader and, and, the, and the the want of the reader to continue reading it, it sort of completes the process of course yes completes, that's a very nice way of putting it. it completes the cycle as it were that's right that's exactly right and how do you how do you engage with your readers so you know that they have they've been satisfied by what you've written is, is, is it has it been an actual process have you had to really um, develop that relationship Yes, I, I love that though. That's one of, been one of my favourite things is people writing to me. Most most of this happens on email. That's my most used format. But I mean, it has happened in other forms as well, social media platforms and whatever. Yes. Of, of readers writing to me and saying how much they enjoyed the book. And the, the most touching ones are when they, they talk about the impact that it's had or if it's had a certain impact on their lives. Um, one lady wrote to me a couple of years ago now or so long and she said um that the books had had got her through her husband's illness you know long periods of waiting at the hospital or at the doctors or whatever oh. and and they'd proved a much needed escapism during some very difficult times and i yes. that 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 gave it real purpose you yes, know for, yes. for, for me and for for us as writers often you forget that you yes. know you see something in isolation you're there you're getting it you're pushing against a deadline you're getting it out you know <laughs> And you don't see the other side, you know, that someone's, someone's uh, using this as a much needed escapism for something difficult, or they're using this that inspires them to go and do something themselves, or, or, or it helps them understand a loved one, or whatever it might be, yes, you know. Yes. And you don't know what their reaction is going to be, you're not in control of that, but no. I'm in control of producing the best thing. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's probably the unexpected side of what you're producing is that you cannot necessarily understand what your product, how your product is going to be received. Yes, uh, of course. Obviously, there's a there's a one of just enjoyment, but when it goes beyond that to something that's an, an escapism for a particular reason, and yeah. for them to actually take the time to come and share that with you, it's always I think. That's oh, it's wonderful. Very yeah, special, it, isn't it? It really and, is. It really is. And actually, that's a real a real shout out to readers to realise how important it is to engage with, with authors because they need that, because that's their impetus to keep writing in a way, yeah. isn't it? So it gives you um, we these two people, people powering yeah. along while we're... Yeah, we're dawdling. We're about, yeah. Morning there. Morning. Morning.
yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think you can't, you can't know that. You've just got to put that out and in, and in good faith, see what happens. Yes. But that's sort of the beauty of it. This, because if you think about it as, as, a, as a conversation, there's not many people who I will sit and talk with for six, seven, eight hours. Maybe yourself and Steve last night after a couple of bottles of wine. But, you know, there's not many people who, who, who you have that conversation with. And, and reading a book is a bit like that. Yes. Yes. So it's a very intimate thing to be to be sharing six, seven, eight hours with with someone. Yeah, you know that's a lovely way to put it because you just you forget that that is they're giving up their their time. Yeah, well not giving up their time, but they're 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 investing their investing time their in time. your story in something that you created, and that's a real privilege and it's a, it's an honour that I don't take I don't take lightly at all. So I, so to go back to your question, it's important to me that the stories are as complete and as they're as good as they, as, as I can make them at that time. And of course, as I, as I write more and more, the craft becomes better for me. But I think people will still like those earlier books because they're, there's a raw, they're rawer than the new ones. They're more, in a way, they're, 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 there's a challenge of actually completing the thing. You know, now I know I can write a book. I've done it a few times, you know? Yes, yes. Whereas then it was, I was making it up as I go along. And I think you can see that in the, in the story itself and the and the way it develops. Hi. <laughs> no Hello, morning. morning. <laughs> <laughs> We're out with yeah. the dog walkers. Yes, yeah. yeah. So obviously, when you first started writing, you're also teaching at that's the same right, time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So how did you split your time? That must be quite difficult to think. Well, I, I really want to get this first book finished or second book finished, but I've also got all these deadlines at school. Mm. How did you? How did you manage? Or balance your time between between two jobs, which obviously a lot of authors do to to begin with. Yeah. Until they really particularly one that's as intense as teaching. I know there's a lot of intense jobs, but that's very intense on your time. Yes. I used to get up an hour earlier was my trick. Okay. The one I found worked, and it seems like a long time ago now to think about it. But well, I'd wanted to write a book for a while that had been sort of gnawing away at me, and I'd finally written a couple of short stories or a couple of little things, you know. And then I went on holiday to Madrid. Things always start with a holiday, don't they? They always start with a travel. I went uh, on my own in 20, 2018, was it? 2017 into mm -hmm. 2018. So it was at the Christmas time, New yeah. Year's time. And um, I was just sitting in, in one the, this beautiful cafe on my laptop, just, you know, doing some bits and bobs. And I thought, you know what? This is a, this is a great opportunity to, to actually get some words down. And I'd had this story idea, the one that became Kathmandu. And... Um, I just I just went for it. You know, I spent a couple of afternoons that trip. Yes. Getting some words into my into my computer and when I came back up I had about 10,000 words there and then every morning before school I'd get up 45 minutes or an hour earlier if I could and and add a few more and so and so on and so forth and over the course of the next 6 8 months something like that. It uh yeah, it it, it grew into into the novel it is today and countless cycles of editing and <laughs> yes. these sorts of things got it up to scratch yeah and then and then and then it was out but I think that process was so much more difficult because I didn't know what I was doing I was feeling the way yes. you know I was yes. feeling the way as I as I went on and was your vision always to self-publish or did you try to go down the um the traditional publishing route at all at that time I had no idea what that would have meant you know I didn't know anything about publishing at all I didn't know what it meant. I knew nothing. So yes. after I'd been nearing the first draft, the completion of the first draft, I started putting some research in, 
doing some reading, listening to some podcasts and these sorts of things, and then exploring the options that, that are around for us today. And then when I stumbled upon self-publishing or indie publishing, I, I, I thought that was the way to do it. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm quite impatient, I'm quite driven to do the things that I want, and I thought, actually, this could, this could work really well. So I, I, I just jumped straight, two feet straight into it, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> and went, went for it. And actually, I think it's been a good decision. I think I think I wouldn't have written as much. I wouldn't have become as good a writer if I hadn't have hadn't have done that. And you're much more in control of the whole process as well. Even though at the beginning you have no idea what that process is. Yeah. Uh, and and the community's so big now that you've got lots of people that you can actually turn to to ask for advice. Exactly. Exactly. That yes. isn't to say that I wouldn't I wouldn't have a book published in a in a different way in the future. Yes, you know, if, yeah. If, I wouldn't have anything against that, but at that time it was right. It yes. was the right thing to do to learn about the industry and the processes behind it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and connect with the readers. We talked about that a minute of course, ago. Yes. I think that's something that you that you do you do more. You you get more of because you are there. You are the first person. Your email address is in the back of the book. You know, yes, yes. it comes straight to you, and you're there. And and they're often a bit surprised when you reply the following day to say oh brilliant thanks so much for this that's wonderful you know yeah yes yes no that's that's really fantastic so we've just come i'm just uh, just marveling at where we're walking because it's just beautiful here it is isn't it yeah yeah canal and now there's a lot of ducks on the on the canal it's opened up into fields and stuff but i'm also very aware that you've got to go and pick up a sofa because we're in the middle of moving house we do we're in the middle of moving house at the moment we're like halfway through so i was wondering whether do we need to turn around and go back this way, or yeah. do you have another nope, way nope. to... No, we will go back the way we came. If you, if and um, yeah. maybe I'll go on this side. Okay. Just for microphone things. And, um, and oh, there's loads of bulrushes and all sorts along here. You get so. a couple of herons as well down do here you? sometimes. No, that's really, really nice. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So the part of Nottingham that you're moving to is quite close to here, or is it? That's a... right, it's called Colic. It's a bit closer to the city centre on the other side of the river mm-hmm. via the race course. If anyone knows Nottingham, you'll, you'll know exactly where we are. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're in the process of moving. It's taken quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> as moving does. As when, moving does, when you're as, as you yourself. well know. Yeah, yes. as you well know, because oh you moved goodness. house recently, didn't you? Yes, so. yeah, yes, it's quite a process. Uh, emotionally quite difficult as well when you've got an attic full of boxes that you haven't looked at for 20 years as well. <laughs> but, um, yeah. We're, but, so I was going to say, for Nottingham though, as a, as a city, culturally, is it very rich in cultures and, and of people from around the world? Do Absolutely. You... I love, one of the things I love about cities in general, actually, and that, that's all cities, not just Nottingham, is that you can walk down the street and hear different languages, yes. you know, yes. or you can go out and, and we could eat in an East African restaurant on one night, a Pakistani restaurant on another, you know, a Kurdish restaurant on another, yeah, and just the... Uh, the, the, that sort of variety of, of food and, and cultures and things is, is, is great. And, and sip some wonderful British ales whilst we're, <laughs> whilst whilst we're doing part, those yeah. things, you know. But as, as communities within Nottingham, are they very much interconnected or are they, is one part of Nottingham sort of more of a Pakistani area and others uh, East African? Or because London's very, has traditionally been quite. Yeah. I mean, although there is a mix, there's also particular areas that became very... Oh, look at all the blackberries on this. I know, they're gorgeous, aren't they? Yeah. Do some foraging. Yeah, you really should. Like, yes. Um, uh, th- you know, there are specific areas which... Kilburn was a very Irish community and, mm. and uh, uh, New Malden is very Korean, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
I think it's pretty well mixed, actually. I, I certainly think that there are some areas where there's more of one community than another, but generally speaking, it's, it's quite well interspersed, which is, I think, a, a, another positive thing, you know. I, I mean, there aren't specifically schools where it's just people from this race or religion that go to. It's all very, all sorts of people go to all sorts of different places, yes. and that makes it very rich for everyone involved, I think. Of course, definitely, definitely. Um, and Nottingham has obviously changed quite dramatically from being a very uh, industrial mm. city to being a city, very much a university city. I it think. is. We hasn't have a lot of students the, um, here, two universities here. Yes, hasn't it got the largest population of students in the country? I'm not it? sure. I'm not sure if that's true, but there's okay. certainly a lot. And yes. certainly in comparison to the size of the city as well. Yes. The city must swell by 10% or, or something like that when, <laughs> when the students are here and then drop again in the summer times okay. and you feel that as a resident actually because I was a student here myself for several years it was it was I think two or three years before I stayed during the summer period right and then you realize actually wow it's just great it's really yeah. quiet you know there's no one sitting in the parks and the bars are a little, little bit more sleepy you know yeah, yeah yes and <laughs> then suddenly <laughs> and then they all come back about now we're recording this sort of early September aren't we so we are yes exactly. <laughs> they're about to to, to, to come back descend and on descend the on the city. But that's great, that's great. Both as a lot of my DJing work is involved in the student community. Okay. So, I mean, I, I enjoy that. And yeah, it's nice to have some life in the city. Okay. And for somebody visiting Nottingham for the, for the first time, mm. what would you get them to do? What would you suggest? Oh. Is, if there were sort of five things you said, as you're in Nottingham, you should do. I'll tell you one. And okay. I told you this, I, I, I told Steve Moore this when he was visiting here. I was away actually a couple of years ago, but he visited here and it, he enjoyed this place so much that it found its way as a setting of one of his books. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now there's a pub called The Trip to Jerusalem, which claims to be the oldest pub in the world from 1100 AD. Oh really? 1100, that, you know, nearly a thousand years old. Yeah. And it's carved into the rocks beneath Nottingham Castle. So it, Nottingham's on, uh, it's made, it's built on limestone yes. or sandstone. I think it might be sandstone. Actually. Oh, look at these, they're slows. Oh, the yes, slow gin. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. It's built on, on, on these, this, this rock, which, which has a lot of caves and, and, and tunnels beneath it. And one of these caves is turned into this, into this pub, and this pub has been used for brewing for thousands of years. And it's called the Trip to Jerusalem because the Crusaders would stop there on their way. This was the, the, the thoroughfare for them to, to travel down towards right. Jerusalem and yes. wherever they were wherever they were going. And anyway, you go into this this uh, pub and it's fantastic, you know, as you can imagine, built in built in a cave. Yes. And uh, there's a cursed galleon, like a ship, like a, like a toy ship, like, mm -hmm. not a model ship, rather mm -hmm. than a toy ship, above the above the bar, and it's hanging thick with thick with dust, hanging over the from the sails and whatever. And the legend goes that anyone who cleans the ship will meet an untimely end. <laughs> so if you're there, do not, do not what? take the temptation just to give it a little brush. Okay. Brush off. Do not touch that ship Don't because touch it's it. cursed. Yeah. But it's fun. It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic uh, wow. place. And it's steeped in history. You know, those caves have been used by, as, you, as I said, from crusaders to smugglers. There's stories of, of, of kings and assassins and all sorts going through history there yes. because, because that's where the castle was. Yes, yeah. Seeing it in, in there and, and enjoying it as, as you can in a pub is, is a must visit for any, Brilliant. anyone. Brilliant. Well, maybe who, Steve who and visit. I should go there before we leave Nottingham. Yes, you should. <laughs> but if you can't make it this trip, I'm sure there'll be there'll another. Be another. And we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll, an we'll excuse. I always like the fact that there's 
should always be an excuse to come back. You always leave yes. something yes. so that you can come back to a place, even if it isn't for a few years. But I mean, Nottingham for me is very much, you, you draw parallels with Robin Hood, don't yeah. you? Yeah, well, that's another one you could go to, Sherwood Forest, Sherwood which is Forest. not, it's probably about 20 minutes drive out of the city. Yes, yeah. So now that you're, you're just about to launch this next book yes. in, in October. Yes, excited about it, yeah. Um, and I've already forgotten the title. The Ark Files. The Ark Files, yes. And this is book number one in a new series. That's right, the Eden Black archaeological thrillers. And it's all about, as I say, these, these, this, this manuscript, the Ark Files, that predate, this is the, the, the premise, I told you a little bit about it earlier. Yes, it is. They, they, th this, this manuscript predates, it's a diary from before the Great Flood. So before Noah and, Noah and his ark. Yes. And the, the manuscript talks about the world order not being quite as we are told that it is. Okay. However, everyone who knows where this manuscript is dies in suspicious circumstances. Eden's father is one of them. Right. The only person left alive um, who knows where the manuscript is is Eden herself because she was present on the dig which her father discovered this manuscript when she was a child. Aha, okay. So the forces, the dark forces, in order to keep their presence a secret, are coming after Eden. She doesn't know why initially. Right, right. Um, and then someone tells her that it's to do with this archaeological dig she attended when she was a, a child. And yes. she has to go back in her, her memory and her records to try and find out where this was, because if she doesn't, she will meet the same end as... As all the ones as before As all, all the people before, yeah. Yes. And, and then when she finds the files, that's the thing. Does she expose them and, 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 and throw the, this, this, this world order into, into chaos? Or does she keep them quiet and, and, and go along with things as they are? She has to make that decision okay. towards the end or of the book. does the power affect her suddenly? How do you mean does the power well, affect her? Well, you know, her? Like, like suddenly she is aware of them. And does she have a sudden power because she knows she's the owner of it so yeah well that's why the the, that's why the the forces the, the dark forces want to keep these files under wraps yes. you know because that, that they prove their their mere existence would be damaging to them right or is she turned to the dark side or is she turned to the dark side yeah so it's going to be there will be oh. another one the second one will be called the cursed vault which i've done a little bit of preliminary planning okay uh, which is going to lead them to Egypt and the pyramids. Brilliant. A place you've obviously been to. I haven't, but I will have to visit it as well. <laughs> I have not been to Egypt. Gosh, it's, it's what a yet. shame, eh? I know, I know. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a good excuse to get out there, yeah. I think. It's not it's even that far for us. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's a great place. Yeah. Egypt, Mind you, I went there quite a long time ago. <laughs> but um, but no, how do you decide when you, when you start a new series, mm. how many books you're going to write in that series or do, do, do I don't they? really I don't, don't know okay. this one I'm going to do I intend to do three to start right. with then I might do more because uh, the, the Eden's such a great character she's so feisty she's so she's so interesting she does really cool stuff you know she's I might do more and I, I could see how it could become a, a more a series that I'll grow but okay also, I might think at that time, oh, if three's enough, I'll move on to something else. You yes. know, I, I don't... You could always come back to it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm sort of... I've got six in my other series. I've, I, I, I will do another one. I will do a seventh in there. London, it's going to be set, set in and, and titled. But um, I'm, I'm working on this new one for a bit. So it's the... It's the I, I enjoy that. It's, it's a joy to be able to 
flip between one and the other. Yes. Follow what, I, what I'm interested in and what readers are saying they're interested in as well. Okay, so what was the, what was the, the cut-off point when you decided, right, I am, I'm jacking in my job as a teacher and I'm going to go full-time writer, DJ um, and everything else mm. that you're... It was right at the start of 2020 and mm -hmm. I resigned and then school closed about a week later. <laughs> because of the, because of the, the lockdowns and yes. things. So in a way it was a blessing because I didn't, as a teacher, you work through to the summer holidays. So I'd had, you know, seven or eight months of sort of lead up time that I was then working from home, which was great for writing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. So I just, I just needed a change, you know, okay. you know it, I think. And, I think and I, I'd known it for a couple of years and, and was, ready, was ready to go. I, I really enjoyed the team that I worked with at the school. And I think there's something about working in a place like that when you're up against it that, that really pulls you as a as a close-knit team certainly in that place I've heard other teachers talk of their 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 teams not being as not being as close but it was for yeah. us yeah and and I don't think I would have stuck it out for as long had I have not had that sort of companionship there and, and yes yeah but so it still makes the decision hard but at the it, same time it's listening to your inner self and instinct yeah, that you've done, you've run, it's run its course and it's time for you exactly, to break free it from it. It was time to go. And I'm still friends with a lot of those people and still enjoy meeting up with them every so often. So. And is there, is there a, is there, there a, a possible series set in a school then? <laughs> Do you know what I thought about <laughs> that? Um, and, but I just don't know how interesting it is to other people. Right. You know? <laughs> I suppose it depends how you go about it. Mm intrigue from the I mean I would the there's always the thought of, yeah there's always the thought of writing books for younger people as well which which I'd be quite well placed to do because of that of that of that background yes because you're you were teaching what age English uh, to secondary so to 11 to 16 okay so quite a range of of children that are, are growing up themselves into adulthood yeah, as well so. you're teaching them the same skill and they're all at different levels so I mean yeah, they can. There's only. I think. I, I think you learn to read the same way, depending on whatever age you are. Really. Right. And you did learn you, to write did, the same way. Did you find, as you were teaching certain students or children at school, that some had a natural ability to write, and you think that they could be a writer? As oh, absolutely. Yeah, of course, of course. It's more. I always think imagination is the. Like writing, like the ability to write is something you learn, isn't it? But imagination is sort of something that you... And I think perhaps all children have that. You know, they're having, they're having incredible ability to make things up and to, you know... Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. to, and, to, and to do that. I remember I, I was watching um, or reading a book by... Oh, what's the guy's name? Ken Robinson. Mm -hmm. And he shares a fantastic story there about a, a young child that he was working with. And the child is, is drawing a picture of God child tells their teacher drawing a picture of the god and the, and the and the teacher goes oh that's funny because no one knows what god looks like and the child goes well you will when i've finished <laughs> <laughs> <That's brilliant. laughs> and it's just that idea that, that, you, that they know that yeah. they've got that imagination yes. and it's just it's just the way it is you know <laughs> oh, that's great it's also there it's very direct and very you know, it can't be anything else but the way I've done it. Yes, exactly. Of That's just the way it is, you know. And they have, they're not self-conscious at that age, I think, are they? Um, hi there. Hi. I think uh, that's a wonderful thing about working with young people. 
I, I miss that sometimes. That niggles at me, and I, I'd like to see that again. But maybe, maybe one day, I don't know. Well, yes. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm leaving that. I don't do that at the moment, but the door's open to perhaps return and do you something. Of course, you toe in the door. Like that in the future, yeah. I think it's always good to keep uh, a door slightly ajar because you never know when you might be interested to do something perhaps in another way, but this, you've got the skills, haven't you? Yes, that's right. And why ignore that you have them? Because yeah. you can use them in so many different other ways. Mm. And perhaps you may even believe you can. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So no, I, I, I did enjoy, I did enjoy getting young people to be creative and to invent things and and come up with stories. That was always my favourite thing, essay writing and that sort of thing. I wasn't so, I didn't enjoy so much. But no. I, also the reading I really liked. You know, getting to know some of the great classic texts that we used to study, Shakespeare's and the like. You know, and they were. They, they were interesting to do from a teacher's perspective because it yeah. was so long ago that I studied them as a, as a student. Actually spending some years going back through them, I, I enjoyed too. Yes, yes. And coming on to the, your, your Travel Now podcast, mm. so that you've, you've been doing that for several years now. A couple of years. We think we're 40-something episodes, so I don't do them quite as regularly as I would like to. But mm. uh, Again, and I go quite easy on myself with it because I've got a lot of other things that I do. You yes. Know, it's, uh, yeah. And you very much in, are connecting just spontaneously with people and bringing them on onto your show. Some of them are people I meet whilst I'm travelling. A couple mm -hmm. of episodes have been like that. Some of them have been people I've met virtually who I've spoken to through uh, just through through Zoom or whatever. Yes. And others are my sort of travel travel logs as you okay. were as you were yeah and you've done a couple as well i, I i've heard on, on this podcast where where you're walking around you're talking about i'm in this place here's yes so and so this is what i'm doing I, i've enjoyed doing those yeah too. it's nice to mix it up a bit isn't yeah, it yeah I mean, exactly exactly it's uh it's it's a process it's a very humbling process but it's also you learn so much i think with yeah. every person it's like everybody has a story like a book inside them oh they everybody do has an interesting life and has something interesting to say. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody who, you, who I could say is a boring person because everybody has something they may not know it themselves. That's right. And it's like sometimes it's about drawing it out of them, isn't it? That's absolutely right, yeah, yeah. And in the world of travel, you know, there's a lot to talk about really, isn't there? Yeah, there is, there is, there's so much. And it can be so broad or so, it can, be, it can mean so many different things to different people, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things I love about it. I think, I think that's, that makes it a great type of conversation. Well, we're back we're... up the motorway. Yeah. Well, Steve <laughs> and I are road. hoping to get to Sicily. So uh, let's hope we get across this road yeah. <laughs> safely. I don't want my oh, travel adventures to end. Up. I've got to prepare Ooh. myself here. Right, here we go. To the central reservation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the sun's coming out now I as know, well. It's gorgeous. Is it? We set off in a sort of drizzly rain and every good for you to drive, but look at us saying, Why are we here? And I'm standing here with a recorder I know. and headphones on. No, I think you're uh, doing a speed test. Yes, <laughs> we're all slowing down. Yeah. <laughs> 
Adrenaline, though. Junkie yeah. rush for the morning. <laughs> Luckily, I had that coffee as well to start. I know. I could do with another one. <laughs> yeah, After we get this sofa, let me just check the time. Yeah, we'll be there. Be back in five minutes. So, what's it, when it says "Welcome to the Goose"? What's the it's goose? a pub just here? Oh, okay. One of our locals around here. So, what's uh, as well as as well as um, your writing? Mm. You've got this launch. How do you launch your book? You've got a. Do you just do it all online through Amazon, or how, yeah, do, I, how do readers? How I do, do mine all through Amazon, um, which is a decision I made about uh, about a year and a half ago now, and it was really time-saving. It's, it's the eighty-twenty rule. I, I did them on all on all platforms for a year or so before that. Yes. But I found I was having to split my efforts across lots of platforms, and eighty percent of my sales were coming from. From Amazon, okay. so I just thought, you know what, I, you just go. That. I'm just going to go with that. Yes. I'm then going to, then I can put all of my focus on there, and and so far it's been it's been a good decision. Right. I realise that does that is frustration for for some readers, um, and, and I, I realise that. But I mean, it's you need to make you need to. I need to be sort of selective on where where yes. time goes. And are your books? Um, as Audible as well? Some are on Audible. Sorry. I've narrated them myself, which is a process I love doing, oh, although yes. it's very time consuming yes. and tiring. And um, because <laughs> you've got the DJ skills, as it were, of, of working all these sort of sound modules, I imagine you're, you, from that point of view, it's an easy process. It's, it's not easy to much. Well, the technical side of it, I found quite straightforward to, yes. to set up with the recorder and whatever. The same as similar to you editing this podcast. Um, but yeah, but I just make it up as I go along. I yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Just land on, on the hoof. <laughs> Sorry, podcast listeners. <laughs> yeah. You now That's know right. the truth. <laughs> and I love you even more for it, <laughs> yes, showing exactly. your vulnerability. <laughs> I'm about to reach 5,000 listeners, actually. Wow. So it's a, it's a huge hit. So yeah. I'm, I'm very, very grateful to everybody who listens. But, um, but for you, but for, for actually the audible side for books, the actual telling the story and being able to, to speak fluidly. Mm for a long periods of time is quite hard. It is hard, it is tiring, I, I, but, I, but it is a very enjoyable process. I've done yeah. the first, I think, five books in the, in the Leo and Alyssa series. I've also done the books that, I've done, that I did with Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Steve Moore. Steve yeah. Moore, yeah, not Steve Marriott. There's too, lots of Steves. Too many Steves lots in the world. Steves. <laughs> and then there's our other, other Steve, Stephen Taylor. Yes. Who, <laughs> yeah, there's lots of author Steves. Um, so I did, I did those, and I will, I will get on and do the others at some, at some point. It's yeah. just a case of getting, getting to it. Are your <laughs> sales of, uh, um, of audiobooks as good as um, ebook and paperback? No, um, ebooks the, is the biggest seller for me. Right. And then that follows, and then I think audiobooks is probably second. Mm-hmm. So it's worth, it's worth having, considering the effort of the length of time it takes to convert it from one to the other yes it's worth having there and it, it's not just for the sales i i love audiobooks i i always have i love the fact that people can engage with them in different ways whilst they're driving or whilst they're walking or for people who perhaps aren't able to read as well now you know mm-hmm. now now or whatever you know yes. there, there, there's accessibility there and i like having that i i also because i narrate them myself i enjoy talking directly to the person that's listening i like yes. that yes yes you're almost you're telling me your story. Exactly, you? let's cross the bridge here. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like that, so I do enjoy it. But but it, but it's a time thing, and I will get to um, I will get to finish them. I promise. <laughs> I get it's emails from people every so often saying, "Can you?" So we're just on a little bridge now overlooking the, yes, the canal. It's quite gorgeous here, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It's really overgrown here. You can see why barges can't come through this, this canal at this, at this point, because mm. this is very overgrown. But it looks, it's gone back to nature, hasn't it? It's yeah, lovely. yeah. It's there are more hens and there's, oh, there's swans there's and, and all cichlets sorts of... and all sorts down there. That's my uh, limit of yeah. bird knowledge. <laughs> Ornithology. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in 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 kind of um, conclusion, podcast listeners listening to this podcast, how do they find you? What's the best medium? Is it Instagram or is it um, your website? To find all my books, Luke Richardson in Amazon, you'll find me. You'll find me there. Yes. The 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 best one to jump into if you if you like your travel stories would be Kathmandu. That's the first of the Leo and Alyssa series. That's my, my debut novel. Yes. Depending on when you're listening to this, The Ark Files may or may not be out. If you prefer a bit more action adventure, a bit more sort of your Indiana Jones style, then, then, then you may prefer that one. But have a look at both of those. You'll see them both on Amazon. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's where I'd recommend going. Okay. It, and uh, obviously my podcast as well is on, is on Spotify. Travel and Now the usual podcast, places. yes, yeah. the usual places. And then you're also on Instagram too, but you've kind I of, am, you've just... I still have it. I just don't have it on my phone. Okay. I've 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 got a bit of a love-hate relationship with social media. Right? Yes, it's quite absorbing, isn't it's it? It's absorbing, to the point where and you it don't do anything else. This was the thing. I went to. I had a beautiful, wonderful trip this summer, right? And I, I was there in all sorts of cool places. And I'd go on there, and I'd see someone in Bali, and I'd be like, "Oh, I want to be in Bali." <laughs> when I was in like at this amazing place already. You know, yeah, oh, <laughs> you know? Yes. and I was like, actually, this isn't helpful. You know, it's taking, yes. it takes me away from the place. And, and perhaps when I'm at home and I'm looking for travel inspiration, I might download it again and spend a couple of weeks yeah, going it. through the people that travel a lot on there and finding that sort of inspiration. Yeah. But it's the incessantness of exactly. that that I, exactly. that, I don't, that I don't really like. No. It's why I love podcasts, because it's long form. I really, we're having a great conversation. People listening to this hopefully are enjoying being part of that. Yes. It's much better than a, a few hundred character explanation or someone posting a picture of a nice dinner well, by get, the beach. They, you know. get to, uh, they get to experience a little walk along the canal with us in That's Nottingham. Right. Otherwise, right. we'll probably right. most people will never come to Nottingham. But, um, and now that if they do, they also know then a pub. The trip to <laughs> Jerusalem. Go there and, yes. and let me know and I'll, I'll join you for a <laughs> But it's true, you know, when, we, when Steve and I, we've just come, as, as you know, we've come from Scotland and on, we were on the Isle of Skye with, with all the midges. But there, yeah. was, there, were, there was a couple of days, two separate occasions, uh, where we had no signal whatsoever because oh, of, I love it. of the mountains. Yeah. So you were just completely shut off from the world. So as a result, we got out of the way of really using social media that much, posted a few things about our trip with Roswin, our vehicle, on yeah. the road with Roswin. Roswin's, Roswin's wonderful. Yes, yeah. um, but it's meant that we've arrived at you. We didn't, we hardly knew that didn't know the Boris Prime had left and, and trusted there was, yeah. and also the Queen's died. And I know. So all this has happened yeah. while we've been uh, traveling around, oblivious to, uh, to, to news and everything else. And although it is news and some of it very sad news, there really isn't much we can do about it. Exactly. So this is when you realise you you can engage more and do more within the community in which you're in at the present moment. Yes. 
then you right. can on a worldwide scale. That's and right. it's just reminding yourself of, of scale. Yes. Uh, and and what, where, where your influence really can lie as an individual on this planet. That's right, yeah, and I... Sorry, I, that's a bit deep. No, I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely agree. I, I try to stay away from those things on my phone for that, for that reason, you know. You, yeah. just, you yeah. just get in, you just go down that sort of rabbit hole, don't you? And yeah, <laughs> yes, it's for very no, For no positive reason, yeah. And you, this is why it's so addictive, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And that's how we right. are easily influenced by it. And, but some of that influence can be good, you know. If of someone, course, If yes. someone's thinking, I want to travel, but I don't know how, Instagram's a great place because you can go on there and you can travel someone like yourself who's doing this trip with your van very affordably, you know, in a, in a sustainable way, yes. actually. And, and you think uh, that could be a very inspiring thing to see, yes. you know. But if yeah. you're already traveling, that, that may not be quite so useful or perhaps you're unable to do that for some reason. You, it's not a good thing to... Yes. You're seeing every day, you don't yes. need to, you know. I mean, that's why initially we were posting quite a few things about our travels, but as the days have worn on, I've been, as probably people have noticed, <laughs> I haven't been as uh, pr prolific, but I'll, I'll do it all at the end, I've decided. So yeah. I mean, you've got time to sit down and do it, and then it doesn't interfere with what you're seeing and doing and experiencing. Yeah. Uh, it, you, it's a fluid experience for you when you're when you're on the road, which is important. It's it, that's yeah. it. And you can always do it later. Take lots of photos, you can always post them up or to use them for something later. Exactly. So you've just come back from Portugal, haven't you? Yes, Martha and I were, were in Portugal for, for nearly two weeks, which was wonderful. So you switched off from social we media We didn't do totally. any podcasting, any social media. I, I did put a couple of photos up whilst I was there, whilst we were waiting for a train or something. Yes. You know, that's okay, I don't mind doing that. But uh, other than that, it was, there was almost nothing there. Yeah, yeah. almost there. Uh, here we are. Well, we're back at where we're we back. started. We're back. There's back two vans. House. Here's Roswin yes. next to your hire van. Yes. <laughs> as you're about to move everything out. So we better wind this up. So to, uh, thank you so much, Luke, for oh, you're taking very the time. Oh, you wonderful to spend this time with you. Yeah, Joy yeah. brought you on the canal. Um, so to all you podcast listeners out there, I hope you've enjoyed our podcast and been inspired. I certainly have. And do check out Luke's um site on Amazon under Luke yep. Richardson. Just Luke Richardson. Yep. I'll put all the all the links in the show notes. Um, if you've enjoyed it, please share with your friends. Please do subscribe. That would be great. Um, and please do give us a rating and a review because with every rating and review, it helps the podcast get known. And it really is about my guests reaching a wider audience. So I uh, hope you're having a lovely day. But for now, take care and thanks for listening.